Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Oh, he put the book club first. He's got to talk about this. Yeah. Just when I think nothing silly is going to happen, we get those last five whirlwind chapters of the book. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That was a whole lot of, whole lot that of, is, whole lot of. That is, I can confidently say that is not anything near what I was expecting from the end of that book. Fairies, murders, and boating accidents? Not suitable for children. Holy yeah, that got weird. But, you know, we saw... It's interesting from a book writing construction standpoint because we got all the teasers of, like, what makes the world much deeper. Yeah. To, in my opinion, up until this point in the book, you had a fairly surface-level understanding of what the what the world that Phil Pohl built is like. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you're just, like, five chapters of... Just getting hammered over the head with it. With it, yeah, because it's not just the world; it's worlds, right? I mean, yes. they they went into alternate realities. Yep, they had fairies like spewing out. I assume. Okay, I need to talk about this. So, did that fairy live on the Thames in Lyra's world that whole time, or did she like? come out with a flood and end up in in that world Damon wondered world. that as well Demon thinking world. thinking it has to do with the flood i mean just too many things yeah, definitely also appeared with the flood so um finding the elethiometer in there was not what i was expecting no and and it was not quite what i was expecting either I mean, I, I said mean, I said a real amber spyglass, and I felt like that that was actually uh, it was one of his dark materials. Did I say one of his dark materials? You no, but you said you didn't say amber spyglass. But I, w- I mean, certainly, you know, the bet may not be fully settled because it depends on what's in the notebooks for mm. whether it's knowledge or not. Right. I mean, right. there's definitely something, but is it usable? Does does anything happen with Jordan College there, or is it? I love yeah. that, like at the end of the book, you know, they get to London and then just like oh, let's go back to Oxford immediately. Like, <laughs> of course, yada, yada yada, all of that. Like, you know, do, we, do, just do, spent, do, do. we spent ten chapters getting to Oxford, getting to London, and uh, well, let's just end the book in Oxford. Yeah, we're going right back. Don't worry about it. Pacing Gyrocopter. was really funny. If you had to make like a if you had to make a pacing diagram of this book, you know, totally flat line for like 15 chapters mm-hmm. and then like slowly ticks up for chapters 16 to 20 and then just like exponential growth in what actually is happening in the book. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a whole lot at the end of the book. Yeah, don't blink or you might miss it. But looking ahead, 
during the mm-hmm. Super Bowl last night, we got two good teasers of things that are going to occupy our April and May, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 well. which one do you want to talk about first? Um, let's talk about the Westworld teaser trailer because All right. cause we, only got, we only got really the, the teaser from that. Don't have any more depth to it. Yeah. I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, boy. This is a, <laughs> this is a Westworld ad. I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, it was, you know, it was as soon as they did the shot of the hand holding in the field, I was like, Westworld. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, got to focus. Focus on this now. <laughs> and yeah. uh, not a lot of reveal, great. you know, considering that they could have gone a ton of different ways with how season one ended. Yeah. Well, I think um, we're going to see some of the other worlds. I mean, I think we have to also, but they, they didn't really do a whole lot of that in the teaser. Well, no. I think they did. What do you though. think? What do you think? They, um, who was the main prostitute? What was her name? I'm blanking. Maeve. Maeve. Mauve. Maeve. Yeah. Um, she was like, I think she was in like the main entrance to Disney World of Westworld building. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we're going to see Samurai World. I mean, I think we. I think we have to. Also, I'm just curious. We'll find out what happens. You think this is like French Revolution world? <laughs> but so so splitting now with the okay. cadence, the time cadence here, splitting the Westworld season, which is going to start in April, is going to be the Han Solo movie. Having watched this and read the dissections of it, what people at large are concerned about is the fact that you see like two total lines from the titular character. I know, and we have been talking about this for a while, that he perhaps is not um, is not a great actor. And the trailer is not putting that to bed. They feature nope. they feature everybody else who's famous in the movie, and they do not feature him. Two movies in a row where they've had the main character, like, just... And they've decided to kind of cut them out of the movie. This is a little harder when it's a solo movie. Yeah. I I would say so, but I mean that's why they're playing up a play of Woody Harrelson who like what is his role even going to be? Yeah. They make this crazy Amelia Clark love interest. That's going to be interesting, I think. Yep, whatever I'm in. whatever whatever the storyline there, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hopefully they hopefully they do do this well. I'm excited. Justice. I mean, you know, it's not going to stop me from seeing it. It's not like I didn't go immediately to the theater websites and see if tickets were available already. Like, are they? I definitely. No, they're not. Ugh. I know. Now I got to set like an sweat. alert to myself every week to God. look. But all right. They're not available. All right. This week on the pod, Eric proposed that we talk about keepers, which are due pretty soon. And I therefore shoehorned my topic into this as well. I'm thinking about how to marry the idea of evaluating trade fantasy value, that is when guys move, working on the model from last week, but I'm going to do it with my own team. And then in the second half, Eric is going to talk a little bit more generally about keepers, but actually he's just going to talk about his own team too. So I think it's all fair. You'll love it. Eric and I talked last week about the components that go into making a model to analyze the four impact of trades. And I'm going to refer you to a couple different studies that we've done. I didn't have these numbers in front of me last week. Um, If you're interested in the distribution of stats by season per team, we talked about that in 141. 
you're interested in thinking about batting order, we actually talked about that really early last year. Every time we did a hitting stat at the beginning, which are the odd numbered less than 10. So 101, 103, 105, 107, 109. Yep. We talked about it. We talked about hitting stats. The two things that we hadn't really talked about, um, except for spottily here and there, and I might put a pin in these for the future, we haven't really delved into ballpark adjust. We talked about it a little bit when we initially built, when you initially built the full war metric. Right. But not in any real quantitative way. And we haven't touched schedules yet. And we've, no. we've kind of kicked this around a bunch, like, does it actually matter? And I think that's a longer-term project that I'm interested in, in delving into. Does it actually matter what division you're in? Mm-hmm. And how can we quantify that? So I'm going to go, I'm going to uh, think about that for the future. But the way that I'm going to think about that today is I'm going to use these sort of four things that we just talked about to uh, selfishly think about my own team, which it turns out the guys that I would keep this year have actually been pretty upended by trades largely. Yeah, you've had a lot of guys impacted by trades, which is, yeah, insane. I know. I had a lot of guys impacted by trades, and it's not... They're all sort of ones where I thought initially, like, yes, this is great. And then I started to evaluate it in the model sense and thought, wait, this is not as good as I thought it might have been. This may not be very good at all. This may not be right. So (laughs) let's just buzz through these. Um, We talked about the Milwaukee Brewers ad nauseum last week, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But suffice to say, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, guys that, that... Christian Yelich is definitely a keeper. I just have to hope that Milwaukee's a good scene for him. And Kane, I don't think is going to be a keeper, and that might come back to bite me. I What's amazing that you're here. saying that, Kane finished higher on the player radar last year, and I would bet I know. Kane will be higher on the player radar this year as well. I am not willing to bet on that because I think it's a possible <laughs> outcome. <laughs> That's the problem. Okay. Uh, I will what about if I say that he will be a round better? A round better. I will take a round in better. A ten, in a ten in a ten team. team? He'll be ten spots better. Ten spots better. Do um so ten is a push? He will be nine and a half spots better. So Fine, ten and a half. You want ten and a half? Um, I want ten and a half. Oof, All right. So that's a lot. This guy. So Kane plus ten and a half on the player raider over Yellick. This one, this team, real problem for me. The Seattle Mariners and. Ugh, okay, so I have both Gene Segura and D Gordon, who you know, according to a lot of player rankings from, from last year, would both have registered as keepers. And initially, I'd wondered if they would see an improvement going to a lineup that's generally better. But I'm actually wondering, is this team going to be good? Have you looked at their roster or looked at their depth chart? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be very good. I don't think it's going to be a good team. Basically, I was feeling confident, and then I opened it, and I saw that they're still going to play Mike Zanino at catcher, and I was like, ah, oh, great. Okay, well, this is useless. That's a bad start. D. Gordon, Gene Segura, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz. As the DH, it's ugly. Kyle Seeger, Mike Zanino, Ben Gamble, Ryan Healy, Mitch Hanniger. Wow. Well, that's a lot of names that were supposed to be good. The top three are fine but 
<laughs> I don't I don't like that. I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence in managing the the games well in tinkering with the lineups in a way that's going to be healthy or helpful to both Seager and Gordon, who I honestly needed to produce Need to have stolen bases at some well. level. Yeah. And evaluating down this metric that we, or the, the categories that we talked about in the model before, it's a bad ballpark for batters in general. And I'm worried that that division is going to get really rough with both the Astros and the Angels loading up this year. At least you still have the... Um the a's yeah yeah no i i I think that that's still got the a's but then the other teams the rangers good i mean like (laughs) i that's this is the spot where i would really would like to be able to quantify the schedule importance because mike leak is their number three starter dude i know i know i looked at it and i you know because i was like oh this team's not going to be that bad they've got segura cano and gordon like in their one two three spots and then i was like that's literally all they have on their team like oh no oh come on nelson cruz is gonna die one of these days but yes i know that's like this could easily be it all right i'm moving to the next team do this evaluation we're gonna tease your part here um, I was thinking about like keeper impact. Like, okay, do I need to check out these? These last two teams are teams that I'm thinking about. Have guys that I'm thinking about keeping, and I was wondering, did they make any offseason moves that are going to make me confident in them? And this one is a real puzzle to me. The Reds. I have Joey Votto, who's gonna gonna get his stats no matter what. Yeah. You got Billy absolutely. Hamilton that you're almost yep. certainly gonna keep. He's gonna get his stats no matter what. But looking at this lineup. Am I crazy for thinking that the Reds might actually be okay this year? Mm. It really depends on their pitching. Whether but they look can... at their look at their pitching staff. It's actually like not the worst pitching staff. Headliners Homer Bailey and Anthony Discofani, you know, not bad. Like, are they should they be number three starters? Yes, but can you make an entire team of number three starters? Also, yes. It's really okay, and so. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that I've accidentally talked myself into feeling really good about the Reds this year, and thinking, oh, that, boy. thinking that Joey Votto is just going to be, you know, total world beater. He's going to do everything he did last year and get RBIs because people will actually be on base. <laughs> <laughs> last team that I'm thinking about keeping a guy on, wondering if they did anything in the off season, the Diamondbacks, and looking at their transaction log, they didn't do anything. They Haven't didn't done do anything. anything. They've done nothing this offseason. Have not signed J.D. Martinez. And so, so, yeah, what if they signed J.D. Martinez? That would be a really good offense. Uh, They lost Fernando Rodney. I know that you're just trying to goad me into talking about him again, and I'm not going to do it. I like He crushed it for me on my fantasy team. I know he's going to crush it for the Twins this year, but... I mean... To who's closing for them, then? Because you, you're not going to have the elite setup man. It's Bradley. Yeah. If so, if Bradley is closing, then you don't have the elite setup man anymore, which was what made I think really help that pitching staff. They, um, yes, but they have innings eaters. Like their pitchers are innings eaters. Yeah. I mean, think about how many innings Robbie Ray and Zach Greinke pitch. <laughs> like they pitch a ton of innings. See, so the thing that I think. Grinky, if you kept him, would not kill your team. 
it would not be the kind of decision which, like, oh, keeping, keeping Todd Frazier last no, year was a team killer. But like, if you kept Grinky, whatever, it's not going to do anything. It's like no one ever, I have to no one ever got fired for buying an IBM. <laughs> for buying IBM, it's the same thing with with keeping Grinky. The what could do more for your team? Don't say it. What could do more for your team though? Is you know, is there some some move like last year? We were we had a pod like this where we talked about Jose Ramirez, and it, and it was like in the cards, and you're like, ah, yeah, I just couldn't quite do that. But you know, I I'm willing to admit that that was a mistake. <laughs> I don't think that it was a mistake. I mean, based on all of what everybody was saying, but you and I both really liked him. We just couldn't quite stomach it. So just saying. You know, keep your keep your mind open. So, who are your five keepers going to be then? So, okay, if you want to know who my my keepers are at this point, it's going to be Joey Votto, D. Gordon, Will Myers, Zach Grinky, and I think Lorenzo Cain. Ah, interesting, interesting stuff. Sometimes even the most avid fans can miss the drop of a full trailer. Luckily, I was here to pick Eric up, and therefore, to catch his reaction. Here's an outtake. Whole trailer out this morning. Did you see it? Oh, I did not. Oh, I did not see oh. the whole trailer. Do I have oh. to pause this and watch my the whole friend. thing? My friend. My friend. Yes, wow. you do. Wow. Am I, am I really doing that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I am now hot off of watching the trailer. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Wow, that was uh, this is a whole lot of whole lot of whole lot of. Is it really already time for picking keepers? <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. I shoehorned it into a different thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I noticed. So I was uh, doing my yearly. Oh crap! I, I have no <laughs> idea. I had an idea. I had a plan at the end of the the midway through the season, and now it's gone to hell what should i do so i pulled up some rankings i found the fantasy pros dynasty rankings not really relevant for a a year-by-year keeper league really more for a deeper league um espn's top 300 position players Hmm. helpful as always (laughs) tristan h cockroft article from the end of last season fine and then cbs top 50 keepers based on 2017 draft values tristan h crockroft's rankings are probably the most relevant to our league and i think relevant across leagues yeah i agree but like we just talked about in the first half they're totally thrown by trades absolutely like at yeah, the absolutely. Top. that's what that would make that's yeah. what makes it really tough is that some of the best some of the best resources aren't going to be out until, I don't know, at least two weeks into spring training. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we're you know we're getting ready to talk about about your keepers, but you've you've been equally affected by trades. Yeah, I, some of them positive, some of some them new. not. Yep. Um. Yeah. So my my team right now, I guess at the end of <laughs> last season, um, as I wrote here. I have Altuve, so gonna keep him. Yeah, you 
my my team my first one is even iffy is the problem with my keepers <laughs> like yeah Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> i yeah. hope this is i hope he's still good this year your team is you you do not have that but after that you you were in the same boat <laughs> but then yeah i've got a whole lot a lot of players that have been affected by trades justin upton had i guess a bonus positive he, he did a little bit of a, a positive there it's he did move from a stacked Tigers team to the Angels, though, last year. So that's not really positive. But Justin Upton. And then you have Starling Marte, who... Big negative. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, that team. I mean, yeah. he's, got to, he's got to get traded midseason, right? Like, Probably. Why do they hold him? To accrue value because last year he looked terrible and they need to make sure that teams are going to say like oh we don't know if he's going to come back if that was only steroids that was keeping him going (laughs) um aforementioned hamilton who has (laughs) michael is giving a thumbs up but has nobody around him he's got Um, Auto, but i mean like we just talked about the reds did nothing yeah then whit whit merrifield has has lost a couple of players. Th- I I think his stock goes up. Honestly, I think his the he will be playing this year, which yes. Yes. I, I think we've we've heard some and we sort of talked about the whole Tommy Pham thing of like if he doesn't produce, that spot might not be his. He might not be playing. Whit Merrifield, who else are they gonna play? Yeah, I mean, as soon as that, as soon as the the Kane trade went through, right? It was like, oh, well, you're going to lead off every day. And then we've got Chris Archer, who's going to be on on an empty team as well. I mean, I don't know how he gets to ten wins, even if he, he if he has a sub three ERA and yeah, he has no run twenty five Ks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as of right now. Leaning away from Merrifield. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? I know. No. I know, it's sad. What? Are you serious? Yeah. You are going to, you're going to regret that. I'm going to trot out Archer one more time. Unbelievable. No, you're not. Are you really? Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) No way. Uh, This... This one of us is gonna look really dumb because of this conversation at the end, like the midway point of the year. I don't know who it is yet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's you. But like, whoa, man, it's a good thing you have one of my picks, or like this would be way worse. <laughs> wow, this guy. Which pick do I have? So you have my second rounder. I think so. Yeah, well, I'm not loving these keepers, but well. Yeah, I, you know, it's weird because I really thought, like, in my head, I thought at the end of last year, like, oh, he's great. He's got everything set. He's fine on the keepers. Two-thirds of the way through the season, I felt like, I'm feeling pretty darn good. That, I mean, seriously, the Marte thing, the the McCutcheon trade hurt that so bad. Yeah, I I mean, I thought that he was going to be... A top thirty-five player. Yeah, yeah, but and he's he, just not. He cannot do that without McCutcheon because no. they don't have to pitch to him really. No, I mean it's it's really like that. The aspect of not having to pitch to someone is so huge, and that's a big part of why I wanted to do any of this trade evaluation in the first place. 
Ah, so frustrating. You better ready to wrap this sucker up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. And we didn't talk about this at the beginning, because um, frankly, I'm not sure that either of us felt uh, too too strongly about the game itself. I mean, the Super Bowl, of course. But I will say, <laughs> I will say that for a game that I wasn't super invested in the outcome either way, it was a fun game to watch. It was a good game. It was a, it was a good it was game a, to watch. It was a pretty good game to watch. Yeah. I mean, this has been talked about at length, but how crazy is it that a team lost without punting? I know. That's insane. <laughs> they didn't, like, the winning team punted once. One <laughs> that time. Sounds normal. That was... That sounds normal. Oh, the winning team only punted once. They must have been had it going. How many times did the losing team punt? Zero. None. What? None times. <laughs> like, it was one punt in the whole game? Jeez. What you didn't realize is that Bill Belichick did not only bench Malcolm Butler, but also bench the punter. <laughs> I mean... I mean, you should have known that. Okay, so a couple other things that happened during that. Uh, how did you like the Song of Ice and Fire ads? <laughs> I What I liked the most about them is how subtle the interconnection between them was. Was it subtle? The transition was subtle. Oh, the transition. But... Yeah, it almost looked like it was a new ad, and then all of a sudden you're like, right. no, it's the same ad. Right, because for a split second I was like, man, they really got Morgan Freeman to sell Mountain Dew back-to-back with Peter Dinklage selling Doritos? Like, that's amazing. I mean, that's the same demographic. And then the last funny thing on here yeah. that I love that you flagged this because I thought of it immediately, the California Angels. What is this, 1993? I love it. I love it. I love, but I think it's hysterical that people got so upset because it's like the kind of thing that you and I would pull. Yeah. Accidentally throughout this, we pull oh, yeah. these kind of things throughout oh, the yeah. pod. And then probably 20% of it is on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, 80% of it is on purpose. The other 20% actually, is sometimes. This actually gives me an opportunity to say that they got to bring back the, the, that set of logos. The Halo? Yes. On that set hat. of logos was yeah. so much better. Mm. Do we bring back um, Doc Brown? I think so. For the outfield? I mean, the color the color scheme was better. Like, they're, they need the blue in there. I know. It's very, very red and gray. It's too, it's too Cardinals. Mm. It's too Cardinals Ooh, think, now. I always think a little... I almost visualize it as pink what i know it's just the white and the red just together i just visualize it as pink because there's no there's nothing cutting between those colors there's no contrast all right i'll take that whatever (laughs) i I just can't really see that i guess okay i think that about brings us to the review session avocado you saw some ads for it last night <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what did you think of the ad? The the one where the they're living one? in the in the the biosphere. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was that was pretty funny. I actually thought that was pretty funny. Strangely, I ate an avocado today, and I say strangely because I don't frequently eat them. And th- this is weird. Um, I don't eat them because I don't like the water use that they require in california oh boy this guy will have the ones in mexico where it doesn't matter i know but it's hard to find them and okay all right all right all right all right all right 
I mean, buy American. I shop at Whole Foods. So, Ooh, this guy. So, they don't always have the Mexican avocados, and I'm not willing to buy California avocados. I don't like all their wildfires, but I love avocados, man. They taste yeah, so good. Yeah, avocados are great. What about Hawaiian avocados? Never had one. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a thing. I don't think it's a thing on the mainland, at least. It's definitely not a thing on the mainland. Uh, what what do you what would you put avocados in? You you use them for see this this pains me greatly because I want to use them for vegan baking. Yeah, I mean you can do so many things with them. Uh-huh. I don't. I mean I just like <laughs> I, I mean I just plain like avocados. I all right, all time snack. I've been saving this for a long time. All time snack. Cut your avocado in half. Take out the pit. You fill it. With cottage cheese. Oh, <laughs> then no. You just put a bunch of salt and pepper on it, and you no. are done. Is that the most beautiful handheld snack you've ever had? It's right there. You can hold it in your hand. You hold it in your hand. You tag it with a spoon. You're good to go, man. It's such a good snack. Do not knock it until you've tried it. Why Why would you do anything? To, why, why don't you just take a spoon? You know what I like? Just cut off the top of the avocado grab a spoon keep on like spooning it out of the avocado it's great just when you say the top what do you mean <laughs> you know how it's sort of pear-shaped yeah an avocado yeah think about the like the thinnest part of it what just cut off like the top half inch do you eat your eggs that way too no but tr- seriously if you're just gonna have which you should just an avocado do that and then spoon it out of it so do you have to do you have to cut it wide enough so that the pit can get out the hole no just move around the pit what no yeah why wouldn't you just cut it in half at that point because you're going to oxidize it faster do you not eat the avocado in one sitting uh sometimes no (laughs) in five seconds (laughs) i don't know how to fill this dead air because i'm so incredulous (laughs) just give it just give it a try just give it a try. I'll try the cottage cheese thing. All right. You All try right. it. You try eating it. Tis the season. Tis the season for Mexican avocados. So I'm willing to go that route. Yeah, of course. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. Fantasy Tools. Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!